All right, welcome to another episode of We All Speak in Poems. Today, we're very happy to have Patrick Berg Almfist on the on the podcast today. Uh, he composes under multiple aliases, including Lux, Silver Maple, and They Dream by Day. And he's also a voice actor with prominent roles for clients such as uh, Netflix, Marvel, Disney, and more. And it's crazy. Every time I, I look into you and your music, I get blown away by more and more facts. Like, I only just learned that you were an actor. And it's it's really amazing to see what you're doing, like, and how much you're doing. It's, it's just awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Absolutely. So, uh, so how are you? Uh, what have you been working on lately? I'm good. I'm actually... I'm a bit tired right now in my voice because I've been multi-tracking choir all day. Oh, wow. uh, I, we were we were talking the other day about like um, working with other musicians, and we were talking about recording choirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually come from a choral background, oh, uh, wow. so so I've been singing a lot in choirs, and yeah, I'm here in my production room, and I don't have a choir here, and I can't afford a choir right now, so. And I have some choral arrangements that I want to try out. So, so yeah. um, I've been recording uh, choir all day, moving around in this tiny little space. You know, wow. recording the bass, moving a couple of steps, recording the tenors, moving a couple <laughs> of steps, oh, record wow. the altos. That's pretty much how far I, I got today. Wow! So, when you're recording for a choir, it actually matters where you stand in the room. Like your mic yeah. stays in one place and then you move around the room. Yeah, there there are like different techniques for for doing that. Also, when when recording orchestra, if you have a smaller section, um, you can. You, that's one way to do it. You can have the mics um, like stationary, and then you move the musicians around. Oh wow, I didn't know that. To get that, because otherwise you. I did that mistake actually on Solskur. Oh really? When, when recording Soul's Good, I first recorded a string quartet, just multiple takes, and then layering them, but didn't sound good. Oh, because that's, like, <laughs> that's usually the way I do and, it. Yeah, yeah, but you, I mean, you, in, uh, at some extent, you can like use pan, pan, pan them, you know, and mm. put a lot of reverb and stuff yeah. like that. But, but uh, I wasn't really satisfied, so so actually, I did it again. And uh, I, I hired the Gothenburg Symphony Orchestra the second time. So oh. I had like a, a, a big string section, like all at once. That was better wow. results. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a dream. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. It was. I wish I could get like a, get my hands on an actual uh, <clears throat> symphony or even, even just a chamber, chamber orchestra. I think that'd be yeah. sweet. But uh, as of recording this, uh, you're in the process of coming out with the new EP under Lux. Uh, yeah. The single that we've heard, I think there's a single coming out tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I guess when this is re- uh, released, it'll already be out. But um, it sounds amazing. Uh, how has it been writing for that? It's been, it's actually, uh, this EP stems from getting a new piano. Oh, cool. I, I um, uh, in, in like June, I got this new piano. It's behind me here. Um, I've had a lot of pianos and I've had a lot of like good sounding pianos with charm and with mm-hmm. soul, but I've actually never owned a really good instrument, like a, a you know, like a, a well-crafted instrument. So, uh, and I thought it's, I, I should have a really good piano considering Absolutely. what I do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, 
I went around uh, and tried out a lot of different pianos. I was uh, at Yamaha, at Kawai, at uh, uh, Petrov, and then I, I went to Steinway. They have a showroom here in Stockholm. Yeah. Uh, so I went there and I tried out a couple of their instruments, and I was pretty much blown away. Yeah. Uh, by that experience, it, it was just, it was so much better than, like the runner-up, the, uh, yeah. the second, the second best. So I. I uh, initiated a, a, a like a conversation with them, and they were very kind. And uh, I, I came back and tried out a couple of more instruments, and I actually received a, a discount from them nice. uh, to buy this. It's a Steinway K one thirty two. It's an upright piano, but it's pretty much as close to the sound of a grand piano oh, wow. uh, as you can get without actually having a grand piano. I can't fit a grand piano in here it would just be a piano the entire room uh <laughs> so it's a it's an upright piano k132 uh and um it sounds wonderful yeah and i'm so happy that i made that decision to like stretch just stretch myself maybe a little bit too much uh, economically but it's giving so much so much in return that's I mean, amazing yeah so so actually after getting that it was like this this uh, flow of of inspiration um and all of these songs that will come out on the ep is um written in the period after getting this piano oh, so amazing. they're all written on this piano and brodjup the first single uh, it's the first released track that's recorded on this piano i love that um, I love that so, so much. So it's in a way, it's it's a it's a a Steinway project. And <laughs> nice. I'm also gonna do a, a bit of like collab with them oh, on wow. their channels. Wow. Nice, yeah, best of both worlds there. Yes, very lucky it really is. I feel like we're in, in kind of the same position. Although I didn't get a Steinway, I did also just get a new uh, piano. Uh, oh, nice. And yeah, like you're saying, it's just so inspiring just to get a new piano and just play just a slightly different sound and like you can get you can do patterns and stuff that are the same as before but just sound so much richer and more just yeah it's funny i, I was about to actually get a a baby grand yeah because uh, okay. we found one pretty cheap would have taken up our whole dining room. yeah we were speaking about <laughs> <laughs> selling our dining table and just having it as the as the room but ultimately priorities man play the piano exactly exactly yeah i ultimately went with the upright uh just because it's easier but it sounds great and i love it i love that whole idea of uh shaping a whole ep and project around you know exploring the new piano new instrument yeah i love that um so it's it's coming out on 1631 right yes how has it been working with them because they're like they're legendary at this point um i've dreamed about having a release with them um, yeah. but has it been like a good you know working environment so far with them yeah i really think so especially around this type of material mm-hmm. like piano based scaled down intimate tracks it's been uh, very smooth actually amazing and um, i mean the contact with with david has been uh also very smooth and he's a really nice guy Mm -hmm. and 
also to be able to have like a an ongoing conversation with your your label to get like quick responses and being able to to express your ideas and get feedback on them that's to me that's really important because i've been on bigger labels as well and the process is usually it takes a lot of time yeah to a lot to of logistics do anything uh, but this has been uh pleasant in the way that it's been really smooth and you know the, the response is the response rate is really quick and i i really appreciate that i love that yeah and it, i mean i guess it's coming from so david wengren is a pianist and he released music under library takes tapes for a long time so it must yeah. be a nice peace of mind knowing that the sort of label owner is also a musician in this type of music and all that you know yeah that's yeah. something that i've always loved about them absolutely I love that. But uh, yeah, so I think we'd like to start like going back from the very start and slowly go through your history, sort of get a, a timeline of you and your music and your acting career and everything. Um, yeah. We read that your dad was a pianist in a church as you were growing up. Uh, yeah. Was this was the piano sort of the first instrument that you took interest in? Uh, interest in? No, actually, it was the, the violin. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, when I was five years old... Um, I started playing the violin and I, and I kept playing until I was like 10 or 11. So five or six years I played the, the violin. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, like Suzuki method. So it was, it was like no actual uh, like score reading, uh, no sheet music, just using your ears. That's pretty much the, oh, wow. the I love that, that. that method in, in short. Um, what, so, what made you stop? I started playing the piano. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I, I had uh, like another outlet for making music. And, you know, the piano is so much more versatile mm -hmm. when it comes to, to creating music. It's, I mean, it's the best foundation to, to have, I Absolutely. think. I mean, I'm, I'm a pianist, so I can't say anything else. But <laughs> you, you got like this, you got a much better overview Yeah. than just play like a melody instrument yeah like the violin but i still do play violin uh on my recording sometimes just like i'm trying to multi-track choirs here i i do play uh i have my my grandfather's violin here and a viola and also a cello and uh, an upright oh wow so i have an entire string section so, so i go about the same way there, I, I um, move around the chair in the room and then I play the different uh, parts. That's so cool. That's right. amazing. You've got like <laughs> everything that I wish I had. <laughs> I've been waiting to get a cello for like so long and I still haven't yeah. done it. Um, but the Suzuki method, I've never heard of that. Um, I always thought like I guess the most typical way of growing up learning music is you learn to read sheet music and stuff. But yeah, they encourage like learning by ear and just playing what you hear and stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, amazing. That's kind of what you do with drums, though. Yeah, I just and that's I, how you grew up playing drums. I feel like was just listening to the music and then playing. Yeah, I just never heard of the term Suzuki oh. um, method. I think that's really really cool and really interesting. Yeah, wow, yeah. amazing. So it was more about like finding a. It's a different like entry to to the music. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of the philosophy to make it 
to make it easier and it's to make it more like inspiring. Fun. Yeah. And Is fun, that how yeah. you started playing piano as well, or did you start piano with sheet music? Piano was more. No, nah, I mean we've we've always had a piano at home, mm -hmm. uh, because both of my parents are musicians. Um, and my my dad is a composer and uh, and uh, a pianist, and he's he's also a music music theory teacher. Oh wow! Uh, and my mom was um, a singer. Wow! Uh, and a and a vocal coach. It must be so nice growing up in that sort of environment. It, it must have been so. I, I would assume it was very um, uh, encouraging. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and supportive. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Supportive, and also, I mean. I do have them to thank for, I mean, pretty much everything. Um, yeah. But, it, I mean, there are, like, movies, you know, home movies from when me and my sister were children uh, and and uh, me playing, the, trying to play the trombone. And we had, like, oh, wow. sessions uh, almost every night where, you know, dad was sitting at the piano and I was uh, running around with my violin or just blowing in in dad's uh trombone and my sister was singing you know it was mayhem uh, but so i mean cool. that's part that's what's sh shaped me i guess part of it at yeah. least and i mean then we're, we've been around like like the von traps in sound of music familiar oh. with that and, and no i'm not no. okay no. <laughs> oh, we've, been, we've been around and you know singing and playing music in churches and you know that's been my upbringing pretty much that's amazing i feel I, like that's such a beautiful environment to grow up in yeah like so inspiring and that's yeah. yeah seriously just i mean even having like you said your dad is a pianist and your mom's uh a vocalist and all this like being able to grow up with the vocabulary of music mm. you know yeah. i think is so important um, and something that I, I mean, I didn't take any interest in music until, you know, close to high school. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I wish that I maybe took all that stuff seriously, <laughs> you know, knowing, knowing <laughs> what I now. do now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going back in time for it. Yeah, um, yeah. So was there a specific point in time when you started composing music instead of playing what was already written? Or were you kind of always just dabbling in it? As far as i can remember i you know i've always since we always had a piano at home um i have always been writing music in a way just sitting down at the piano and to start to play and that's always been i mean i've been studying music for many years and i've never been that uh i've i haven't been like super focused when it comes to rehearsing you know sitting down at the piano um and just rehearse scales and mm -hmm. i've always been more like uh lust driven mm. i think that's what made me get into composing more than maybe the concert pianist way because yeah. i do have a little hard time focusing uh on that level but i mean I, I talked to someone about this. I don't remember exactly who it was, and I, I said that that I, I'm not the uh, like I'm not that good at rehearsing. I mostly just sit down at the piano and play. And mm -hmm. and he was like, "But what is it that you're doing 
than you when you're sitting down playing. What uh -huh. do you call that? That's also, I know, you know, a, a way of rehearsing and yeah. practicing. Yeah. That's also exactly. a way of practicing, even if it's not like focused on a particular uh, task. Yeah. yeah, that's the way I've always looked at it too. Like I, I started as a drummer, and so I'd play uh, songs, and I would never practice my rudiments or anything. And mm -hmm. I just assume the more I play, you know, the better I'll get at them automatically. Sure, it might take a little bit longer because I'm not as disciplined, but yeah, I'll have fun doing it and not be bored, you know, playing paradiddles yeah. constantly. Um, yeah. But I love that. It seems yeah. like I a didn't lot of actually answer there. your question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, how I got into composing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've pretty much always been doing it, but. It was the acting, actually, that that um, made me start composing professionally. Oh, okay. I studied music for my entire life, uh, and I went to the Royal College of Music here in Stockholm, mm -hmm. uh, and I actually dropped off. Yeah, the one that would happen there, but we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started studying acting instead. And when studying acting, I was, um, uh, I was in place and I was in uh, short films and stuff like that as an actor and often in this like free group uh, or you know put, put putting up a show without uh, a large budget and so you and the, the the director realizes that we need music for this and I was like I can I can try I I play and then I started like writing music for the place that I was in as an actor Wow. Uh, and uh, I realized that this is a great way to to get into the story uh, and it's a great way to work on my character to get to know my character even better mm -hmm. um, so that became like part of the the process of getting into the story and then the directors started uh, or got away doing other and productions and they got back to me asking if I could make music for their next play and their next play and then it like branched out from there wow yeah so it just sort of happened I love that that's uh, I love that I thought so you organic. were just a voice actor as well so you actually started out like live acting yeah like with plays oh, in, wow. in theater yeah 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 that's oh, very wow. cool uh, and I still do but but um I mainly focus on the voice acting mm. right now. Oh, wow. So getting into school, uh, you studied for a bit at the Royal College of Music, like you just mentioned, and then withdrew. Uh, so, so what happened there? What made you realize you sort of wanted to go for acting over music? I think, I mean, before even starting, start, starting my, my studies there, I felt like I don't really know what I want to do. I don't have an option let's just go for it let's just try this i mean mm -hmm. it's better than doing nothing uh, and i started and um, i didn't have the motivation and i think i also really wanted to find my own expression and my own like my own way because of my upbringing having both parents being musicians it was like i didn't choose that uh that uh, path i yeah. see yeah it was chosen for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's why I felt like I wanted to just just stop and um, make make like make choices that was that were my choices. Yeah. yeah, you know, and acting had always been uh, somewhat of a dream, and I felt like I really want to try this for real. So I uh, I tried it and I got in, and it was incredible years. Yeah, oh, amazing. And it eventually <laughs> I circled back, you know. Yeah, exactly. To the music. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, was. Was the idea that you were going to be sort of in the arts always a thing? Or, or did you have other interests outside of the arts that you were thinking about maybe going to school for? I mean, I love sports, but I never considered that being like like a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, arts, it's, it's, I never had an, an alternative, I think. I mean, I, I do really appreciate like working with my hands and uh, uh, like crafting mm-hmm. um, and I, I sometimes help a friend of mine who's uh, I don't know what it's called in English in Swedish it's called arborist it's pretty much like oh. a lumber jack or something I think yeah. it's arborist yeah. that's yeah. what arborist. my dad arborist. does yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice 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 yeah. yeah so he cuts down trees basically yeah and I yes. uh, sometimes help him with that Really nice, cool. cool. Yeah, I grew up doing that with him. Like he would do side jobs and stuff, and I'd go and help oh, him wow. with that. So, yeah. Oh, very that's cool. cool. That's <laughs> cool. Very cool. And that's such. I mean, it's such a good compliment to sitting in in the studio working in inside of your head yeah. all the yeah. time. You need to change the focus exactly. at some point. Just get Absolutely. out and cut off some branches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Prune the trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe I would have chosen something something like that, but uh, no, arts, music, yeah. and 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 acting. It's it's been like the only alternative, I think. Wow. I love that. It, it seems like it creates such like a like a dedication yeah. when you sort of grow up in that mindset. There's so much more passion there. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you almost just have to make it work and yeah. if it doesn't work well it looks like you're barely eating then and it's all good because <laughs> exactly. you're still doing what you want to do yeah I love that get a um, piano instead of a dining table yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly that kind of thing <laughs> um so speaking of acting were you were you acting throughout like high school and, and elementary school or was that sort of something that just sort of came upon you when you realized you weren't really into the royal college of music was that something no. that was always there with music? Yeah, it was always there. I mean, I've always had that kind of like showman, I don't know what to call it, you know, the the clown of the class oh, yeah. kind oh, okay. of thing. <laughs> always trying to entertain. Mm. Uh, I've always entertained and and uh, that's been like my role in in school. And actually, during high school, I started to work as an actor as well. I, I um, or, or even earlier, I was uh, uh, doing um, parts at the Royal Opera when I was oh. uh, 
uh, a boy. I I, uh, I was a soprano, uh, so I had um, like uh, parts at the Royal Opera as a wow. singer. Um, Very nice. And That's uh, crazy. <laughs> later on, I worked at the Royal Dramatic Theatre here in Stockholm as well, wow. as both a singer and an actor. And that was at the same time that I was studying. So, yeah, school was not the priority always. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I made it work. Uh, and I was did. doing, I, I was doing what I loved and I knew that that was my like priority. Yeah. I love that. Um, so you, as you mentioned before, you've had quite a bit of success with, uh, voice acting over traditional acting. Um, do you enjoy one over the other or do you sort of do the voice acting? Cause you, you know, you're working with microphones all the time anyways. So it's maybe more in your element at this point. I really enjoy both. And that's like, it goes in, in, uh, periods as well i uh right now it's it's hard because of covid to do yeah. anything oh, yeah, on true. a stage um but i think yeah when starting to composing and getting more into the the studio kind of thing um and that was starting to take off you know um producing music writing music and i found out that this is really fun this is something that i'm actually good at and it's i think it's kind of easy yeah uh and i love doing it so i just kept doing that and that left less time to run on auditions and you know stuff like that but um yeah i was doing a, a play right after i was um, done at california theater school where i studied acting for two years okay. uh, we had a director who directed our our like um graduation uh i don't know what you call it like slutproduktion graduation production oh, okay. Um, okay. and then he was doing a play uh outside of uh, uh the school and he asked me if i wanted to be in that as well and that's where i met a lot of voice actors um and um uh, an, uh, an actor named sharon dial who's also a, a fantastic singer um, she was doing Winnie the Pooh. She was um, directing Winnie the Pooh. Oh, and wow. she was like, do you want to try it? She, I guess she heard something in my voice that, that she uh, believed in. And, and she asked if I wanted to, to try that. So that was actually my first voice acting job. I was doing all the voices for Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Um, and then I just kept doing it because they asked me if I wanted to come back. You kept asking. <laughs> yeah. So with the voice acting, do you generally um, do the sort of Swedish dub or, or are you the main, you know what I'm trying to ask? Like English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in, in Sweden, there is more like the, the dub side of things. Uh, like in, in Germany and, and France and, and uh, other parts of, Europe, at least, I know they have. They 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 dub pretty much everything, mm -hmm. and we don't really do that in Sweden because we watch the English original and then we have oh, subtitles. Yeah. Okay. But in in Germany and uh, and uh, other parts of Europe, they, it's more common to actually watch the movies in 
like their language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I understand it, they have actors who always do certain um, actors. So the, if Brad Pitt is in a movie, they mm-hmm. have the germ the German Brad Pitt. Yeah. And he oh, voice wow. acts on all of his movies. Oh, but here in Sweden, it's more like, yeah, we translate it and we dub it. But that's mainly for like a younger audience. Mm-hmm. That's why it's been extra fun to work on. Like this la- last thing, the arcane yeah, I was gonna ask thing for it. Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been amazing. And Netflix is actually starting to translate more of their content Okay. Um, so I'm actually also involved in The Witcher. Um, oh wow! Doing a couple of voices there, and you get closer to the story when it's that kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, but but yeah, it's more the the dub side of things. So with the voice acting because of COVID, have you been doing it from home and then sending it in, or do you actually go into a studio? No, I go to to a studio. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't do it from your studio. No. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, amazing. There are a couple of studios here in Stockholm that that uh, focus on on voice acting. Oh. So cool. that's where I go. Amazing. Yeah. So you were the voice of Victor in the new League of Legends film Arcane, and yeah. when I learned that, I I haven't watched it. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of League of Legends, um, but I know a lot of people that are. Mm. So when I read that on your Instagram, I was like, this is crazy. Like, mm. are you serious? Yeah. Um, so that's that's very cool. Um, so let's get into all your aliases because <laughs> yeah, you have sure. a lot of them. Um, yeah. So you have like over 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. What sort of led you to release music sort of scattered around instead of one project? Was that an idea Epidemic Sound came up with or... Um, was it sort of your doing? It was sort of my... I mean, you could you could say it's a bit of both, but I have an output that's pretty... I mean, I do make a lot of different kind of music. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a piano player. That's my, like, that's my bass. And that's uh, pretty much always where I start. But I also play a bit of, you know string instruments i play the guitar i play the bass i play a lot of other stuff and i really enjoy making orchestral music and i also make electronic music and it's kind of hard to fit all of that under one alias so that's why pretty much to have like you know consistency and more of a coherency Mm -hmm. under each of the artist profiles that's why I split it up. So when you're making music, do you go in with the mindset of like, okay, today I'm making music for Silver Maple? Or do you kind of just make a bunch of music and then kind of afterwards look at, at what you have and decide where you're going to place it? That depends. I mean, nowadays it's usually uh, like I have an order to go under Silver Maple. So that's where my head is when starting to compose but uh, it can it can be the other way around as well um i just make a lot of music and then i fit it under the proper artist profile after yeah. that but usually it's more of a targeted 
yeah. kind of approach to things. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to know sort of... Oh, you're going Sorry. To... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know your... Uh, what you think of each project. Because the way I, I was listening last night, I was like, okay, so I think right now Lux is like solo piano stuff. Silver Maple is sort of more chamber orchestra kind of at this point. And then like they, uh, they dream by day is like post rock almost and sort of more percussive mm -hmm. stuff. Is that how you sort of see it or, or do you have sort of yeah. different ideas for them? Uh, that's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much the way I categorize it. Luke's <laughs> is like, that's, uh, Oh, I've been What's... pronouncing it wrong this whole time. Luke's sorry. Luke's <laughs> yeah. What, what did you say? I've been saying Lux. Lux. Oh, yeah, that's... I haven't re reacted to that. <laughs> it's, it, you can think about the Latin word for, for light. Oh. Lux. Okay. Maybe you, you pronounce that Lux. Maybe. L-U-X. Anyway. Yeah, I think I would pronounce that Lux. Yeah. But sorry yeah, for Lux. cutting you off, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's a German word. Oh, okay. Lux. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, Lux is uh, that's like the heart project that's where mm -hmm. the most personal stuff goes okay uh like Solskjø, like horizon stars um my my own releases they usually go under looks oh, okay um and then i have lumimieux mm -hmm. which is my my french uh horcrux <laughs> <laughs> uh and that's that's solo piano stuff mm -hmm. exclusively um and uh i mean yeah they dream by day absolutely that's more like post post, post rock like guitar based yeah uh, music so there are there are uh, genres under the different uh, artist profiles but looks is um where i i would say put put my heart yeah I think you can really tell, I mean, even just um, sort of with uh, the branding, you know, yeah. uh, you have an Instagram page for it. You have all this stuff for it. Yeah. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. I Sorry to go off track here. Um, how many different languages do you speak? Like, do you speak French? A bit. A bit? I studied French in school and I have uh, a close friend who's uh, who's from France and I've been hanging out a lot with him. Okay. Uh, and we started together at Califlygera, and I've been visiting him a lot in France. So, oh, but cool. um, I wouldn't say I speak French, but I I understand quite a lot of French. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm always so jealous of people in European countries, um, since English is so uh, prominent everywhere. Uh, they yeah. know their you know their language, and then also English most of the time. And for us we're it's over just here, like we just, just know english just english <laughs> i oh, wish yeah. i knew french because my family like that's their first language is french on my okay. dad's side but i don't know uh french unfortunately yeah. i know like <laughs> 10 words of it and that's yeah. it from yeah. elementary school yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh maybe yeah i love it so it's mostly but, just uh swedish and english for you and maybe a little bit of french yeah yeah, and my dad speaks German fluently okay. because I have relatives in in Germany. His uh, sister, my dad's sister, is lives in Germany. Oh, but you don't know. But German? I no no oh. I don't speak German. No, <laughs> I don't. Amazing. Um, I wanted to ask how you actually came up with the different alias names. 
Like some of them are so sick. Like Half Giant yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Daydream by Day is amazing. <laughs> Silver Maple is awesome. Uh, Luke's is amazing. Mm. And I'm like, I can barely come up with song names. How, are you, do- <laughs> how are you doing all this? <laughs> I, I mean, no, that's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. coming up with, with like, good song names, that's super hard. Yeah. I think. It is very, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Luke's is, uh, that was kind of a, it took quite a while to actually, like, decide on that. Um, and uh, like Lou Mimieux is um, it's also a pretty personal connection I was dating a girl named Mimi at the time oh. uh, so that's why Mimieux Lou is actually the Swedish word for Lynx oh, or okay. Lux Lou um, and uh, have you seen uh, Inglorious Bastards? yeah I think her name is Yvette Mimieux. Interesting. The girl who owns the the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also... And she is uh, a composer as well. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. The actor. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, connections in that way. And Lux is... Um, here in Sweden, we have different landscapes. And all of the landscapes have flowers and, like, landscape animals. Oh, okay. And uh, my my grandfather and my grandmother comes from Helsingland up north, okay. and that's where we have um, uh, a little cottage, I guess you could say, a summer house, uh, mm-hmm. where I've spent all of my summers. And the uh, landscape animal for Helsingland is lujur, which is lynx. Wow. Uh, so that's like I've been moving around a lot in Stockholm and. Uh, you know, I haven't spent that many years in one place, but the summer house has always been there. So Helsingland represents like continuity and it's a safe place. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's one of the reasons for looks. And there is also a Swedish play called In the Hour of the Lynx. Um uh, that I really uh, love, and there is a monologue from there that that I used when um, when I get into Kalfligera, mm-hmm. and it's also that's that's a text I've been returning to in different uh, like auditions and stuff like that. So that's also a connection to to the links or the looks. I love that. I'm I'm so glad that you know there's actually connections to all these, and they're not just sort of like. Uh, not random, but like, yeah, random. I love that there's actual meaning behind all these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love this. So yeah, much. definitely. I also remember when when I was trying to decide on a name, I was uh, uh, watching a play. I was, watch, I was watching uh, In the Hour of the Lynx here at the Royal Dramatic Theatre in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, like, scaled-down production, just the text and the actors on stage, nothing more happening. You know, it was just one chair basically on stage um and so very like toned down and at the end uh they 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 use music and that was the only music in in the entire play and Mm -hmm. that was nils frams uh Mm. them oh yeah i love that that's my favorite song (laughs) yeah yeah and that was also like 
he 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 is still uh like a uh, a role model in many ways I'd have been, yeah. and I, I did listen to him a lot when writing the first pieces for looks oh really it makes so that was like, sense yeah yeah and i saw that as some kind of confirmation i guess when i i remember sitting down there and 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 uh and uh that song comes on and i had been thinking about looks for a while and yeah i was watching the hour of the links wow and then that song came on so was that was like, like confirmation. the confirmation yeah that's okay, beautiful. I'm going with looks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love I that. Love, I love that story too. That's mm. just so much meaning there. <laughs> yeah, it has more meaning than any of my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, there was a few years there where I feel like in all your projects you didn't really come out with much music. Um, yeah. Maybe in between 2018 and 2020 or so, or maybe even 2016, 2020. Um, what what was the reasons for that? Were you just trying to hone in on your sound, trying to figure out what each alias is for and all that? Or was there other stuff going on? There was other stuff going on. And uh, I was actually in a... Pre- I was in a depression mm-hmm. uh, during that time. So I didn't have the motivation to do anything, basically. Um, and um, I mean, I've had some success um at that point and i started to actually make money like real money mm-hmm. uh, and uh i didn't really have to ha- have to do anything it just i made money money out of streaming basically yeah. yeah and that made me question my motives and and you know when you you're sitting there you don't have to work then you start to question why do you do the things you do? Yeah. What is your like driving force? What is your motivation behind writing music, behind doing anything? It's not money. Yeah. Uh, so that actually, I guess you could think that that would put you in a, a good place. I You'd started assume, to make yeah. money on the things that I love doing. But I hadn't planned on getting there so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I, I got to the mountaintop and I, I, all I could see was, was another mountaintop. Yeah. There was nothing there. It yeah. was just yeah. empty. Uh, and that put me in an existential crisis, I guess. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Which, uh, which put me in a, in a depression. Uh, yeah. So, and that's also when, when I started to work on Solskjur. Oh okay. So I went into the shadows and and uh worked on that. So yeah. that was like my my uh therapy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got out of that. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting conversation because I relate to that a lot. Maybe not mm. to the exact level as you do, but you know, as artists you know, start becoming successful and stuff. You're right. It's like you're trying to figure out the driving force on continuing. And when money stops being part of the equation, Mm. you really have to figure that out. And I think another thing that hinders a lot of artists is it coming too soon, like the Mm. success and stuff. Uh, Not saying that it did for you and not saying that it did for me either, like necessarily, but it kind of feels like it sometimes. 
Like yeah. maybe I should have like marinated a bit more and, <laughs> you know, not blowing up. Not that either of us have blown up. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it, I think it's a very interesting conversation to have um, because, yeah, it's debil- debilitating sometimes. You know, sometimes yeah. you wake up some whole weeks or months and you're like, what's the point yeah. in doing anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm very glad that you sort of got through that, got out of that. And the album that came out of the other side is, you know, amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you. But, wow, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's very, it's very, I mean, I'm thankful now for that time because it made me ask these questions for real and mm-hmm. forced me to to really formulate my own motivations and my 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 driving force uh so you, uh, there's always something good coming out of of everything even Absolutely. if it's if it even even if it sucks yeah. to have to go through it but i'm thankful for it now absolutely I love that. And we're thankful for it too. Like yes. I I'm, I'm so yeah, excited yeah. for this new EP that that you're coming out with yeah. too. Like Yeah. Oh man, the first single has just been great and I'm sh- assuming by the time this comes out the whole EP will be out. Um Yeah. So we are sort of speaking on it, you know, in uh jagged form, but yeah. um But yeah, so I wanted to ask sort of who were some of the influences you had coming up as well like musically and actually i want to get into acting and film and everything after too um but musically you already mentioned mentioned uh niels from uh, yeah is, is there anybody else who's kind of on the forefront of your inspiration yeah i mean olafur arnalds is also mm-hmm. someone i've been listening a lot to um and i really love the the, the period like the romantic period, like the national romantic period, and composers like uh, Wilhelm Pettersson Berger um, here in Sweden and Sibelius in mm-hmm. Finland. Um, these uh, kind of compos- composers are like leading stars as well. I've been listening so much to, to them. Um, and also Sten Hammar. Okay. A Swedish composer from that like era, um, and I mean Philip Glass, Arvo yeah. Pärt. Mm-hmm. Um, These all make so uh, much sense. <laughs> now yeah. that you're saying them, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, a wild card is uh, the last couple of years. I mean, I, this is yesterday. I got my like Spotify Wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, summing up the 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 year and. For the last three years in a row, I've had one artist that's been on my top five. Oh, okay. And that's actually Louis Cole. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, I love what he is doing, and it's yeah. so far away from what I am doing. <laughs> uh, but I've been listening a lot to Louis Cole as I well. Very cool. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important sort of gaining inspiration from other genres and other yeah. places um, yeah absolutely it really grows you as, as an artist i think um, yeah 
and even as a listener, it doesn't even have to always be about you as an artist, but just like, yeah, exploring different sounds. Yeah, different <laughs> sounds and Louis Cole yeah. and his genres and yeah, I think that's so cool. Wow. And also, don't just hang out with musicians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I was having lunch with a friend now, today, who's, uh, uh, he works with CGI. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. uh, and we were talking about that. Like, we both have uh, a longing to be part of, uh, like, a context and a group, because this is, uh, you know that as well, it's so much time spent in loneliness yeah. in the studio. I don't like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want that, but yeah. I can't get out of it. Because <laughs> I can't get around it because I also know that I've been trying to, to write music with others and that's so hard. It is so hard. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's super hard. You really need to find... Uh, a perfect fit for it to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in my experience, it's easier to make music alone. I make music for a living. I need to be alone a lot. Uh, yeah, but that's not what I want to be. So, we we both have like this vision of uh, creating a space where different uh, creators can meet. You know, there's oh, studios wow. and and there are people working visually with like cgi or or like that kind of stuff uh so you can get like get your head out of your own like uh, space yeah and get new perspectives on things yeah it's so interesting this is a really common theme that comes up with the people that we talk to yeah um mm. everybody just wants a space to go to where they can be surrounded by like-minded people yeah. Mm. and <laughs> for some reason nobody's doing it i, I yeah. mean i understand it's super hard to do yeah. the logistics around it are, are a lot um but yeah like michael ash smith who we talked to who runs a magazine he's also a photographer uh, yeah he's talked about this a lot and uh, kyle mcavoy who runs yeah. saunderhaus the label he's kind of trying yeah. to create that space yeah. yeah and he's he's done it a little bit um yeah more than anybody else that I've spoken to. But I think it's such a cool idea and it's something that I would love to do too in the future. Like here in Toronto, I feel like the scene is so sparse, you know, Mm. it's everybody's so far away from each other and it's just hard to link up with people. It's, and not a lot of people make, you know, solo piano music or ambient music. Mm. Um, A lot of it's hip hop, but even still, you know, getting in a room with, somebody who does that type of music would be so cool and stuff and it's just something to explore i really need to start looking into into other people (laughs) yeah yeah and that's what you're doing with this podcast exactly that's what i'm hoping to do yeah it's such a good initiative absolutely it's just unfortunate that everyone's so far away yeah (laughs) and that it's during covid like if we could we would fly out or Or fly you out or or whatever (laughs) I wish I wish next that time. was a more yeah. tangible thing. Absolutely, next time I yeah. I would love to do that. I think that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to also get into film uh, as an actor. Yeah. Um, I want to know what sort of what sort of movies and films you're into because it's something I've been getting into more and more over the past few years. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, are there any are there any films even if they inspire you musically? not just for acting and stuff like that really come to your mind that stick in your head or 
I have a couple of uh, like favorites. Uh, I remember my time. I've studied, uh, like I've studied film studies as well, um, and uh, theater history. And there, you were pretty much forced to watch a lot of movies that you otherwise wouldn't have mm-hmm. uh, watched. And um, uh, I mean all the classics like Brazil and um, uh, oh, what is it called? I, I, I'm getting, I, I'll get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, uh, one film that stuck with me was In the Name of the Father. Okay. Um, and that's a, a movie that uh, takes place in Ireland yeah, oh, so cool. But all all the classics like Brazil and uh, and um, Citizen Kane and stuff like okay, that, yeah. and, oh, okay. and and like art house films like Sed Mikraski, uh, Daisies, um, by Vera Chitilova. I would never have watched that movie if uh, someone didn't tell me to watch it. Uh, and that I think it's important to do that because I mean it's. It might not be easily chewed, so to speak, mm-hmm. but it it widens your perspectives, yeah. and you realize that this is also a way to create stuff and to make movies. Yeah, um, and that's on the same theme as as um, trying to uh, uh, f- listen to different kind of music, a- engage with different. Uh, kind of creators creators in different fields mm-hmm. um and uh yeah what one one movie that stuck with me is in the name of the father the uh, it's directed father. by jim sheridan okay uh and the screenplay is by terry george uh and it's uh daniel day lewis oh okay um and uh it's uh i mean the way he he He's engaging with the story and the text. Uh, it's I, I don't think I've ever seen such dedicated acting. And oh, you know, okay. you can you can say there's a lot to say about Daniel Day Lewis and his approach to yeah. to acting. And uh, it's a name that always comes up when talking about actors. Um, but I think people. Uh, might have the wrong, um, like the wrong perception of him, or uh, uh, yeah, perception of him. Yeah, I, I read an interview where he was talking about his approach to acting, and you know all this. Yeah, you never get out of character. You know that kind of stuff. That yeah, you know, it's it's what it is. But yeah, the the, the one of his co uh, actors. Uh, who'd worked with him on several projects at one point uh, had the opportunity to to talk to him when he was Daniel Day-Lewis and not like this character character, that people were carrying around because, you know, his character couldn't walk or or, or something like that. (laughs) And he asked him, why, Daniel, why do you do this the way that you do this it must be so exhausting yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and his answer was like i 
I don't think I'm a good enough actor to to do it any other way. Oh wow, that's so that interesting. Was, that was such an that was such a a humbling. <laughs> you yeah. know approach yeah because he's so easy him to, say. to yeah yeah it's easy to look at as a like this elitist kind of approach to acting but when hearing him say that you realize that it's it comes from the other side of the spectrum basically yeah yeah it's like insecurity it's actually exactly yeah, yeah exactly um it's funny me and Chantel were actually having a conversation kind of about this um the other day when we went, when we went out for dinner um and how for actors, how mentally depleting it must be yeah. to stay in character all the time. And I guess it's a great opportunity to bring this up to you because neither of us are actors. Neither of, neither of us know actors. Um, so how, like being in character, like how is it? <laughs> um, let me find the words for this. <laughs> yeah. How is it to sort of come in and out of character and then to become Patrick again like is it is it easy is it more um glorified than it actually is or I, I, I mean that if you ask someone else they have another answer but I think it is it can be actually pretty hard I, I I've been working on both plays and uh, I've been working with movies mm-hmm. and uh, I remember working on uh, a play called Welcome to Reality, and we had um, uh, like warm-ups before the rehearsals where we did like improvisation uh, and uh, s- stuff that wasn't connected to the play at all. And I had such a hard time doing that because I was in another place you know Mm. in my head Mm. and suddenly i was going to play some doctor coming home to this sick patient you know yeah in this kind of slapstick almost setting uh it was really hard so i i I think it's i think it can be pretty hard and and then working with movies uh that's an entirely different kind of approach because I played I played the lead in a in a movie that uh, came out on cinemas here and I think in the U.S. as well uh, mm-hmm. and um, the approach there is that you come to set and then you just grind the same scene for an entire day yeah and after working an entire day on one scene. You have like maybe two minutes of film at the, <laughs> in the finished product. So, yeah. wow. um, in a way, that's easier, I think, because um, you just keep on going at it, going at it mm-hmm. until you stop thinking. Yeah, you're getting so deep ah, into that headspace that you're no longer even like really putting effort into it almost. Yeah, like, really it just comes naturally. Auto drive. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's. Uh, desirable position to be in like total presence through total absence in a way yeah stop looking at yourself from the outside stop looking at the scene from the outside stop acting basically and start reacting oh yeah i've heard that before yeah that's interesting yeah just being 
present. Uh, and that's easier, I think, in in movies because in plays you only have one shot. You're yeah. you're doing it from start to finish. Yeah. And that's it. That's also the magic of theater, I think. Yeah, we've only been to a couple theater shows and every time we do, I'm like how do they do this? Because yeah. I'm like this my mind's always blown. We saw uh Mary Poppins yeah. with your with your nephew and niece. Uh or maybe just your nephew. Um No, Juliet was there. Juliet was there, yeah. yeah. Um and I was like this is so amazing. Cool. Like I feel like especially mm. you went in with the mindset of like, okay, whatever, like it's Mary Poppins and then we got there mm. and they started singing and acting and it was just I was blown away. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I wish I was sort of introduced to this stuff at a younger age. Yeah. Maybe at a younger age I wouldn't have cared. Um, to be honest, because I was that kid. Mm. But uh <laughs> it's it's really fascinating and we need to go more to more. I, I guess that was right before COVID hit, so all yeah. the all the things got sort of shut down but speaking mm. of though how many theater plays do you do a year it, like besides covid of course like typically yeah. yeah it depends now it's been it's been a couple of years since i did anything uh, or i mean acting on stage i've been playing music live a lot more oh, okay uh actually and i, I just want to touch on like it's the same, like, live theater and live music. We were talking about that, me and my friend, during lunch. Mm-hmm. That the magic of live, basically, no matter what kind of artistic expression, um, it's something else. But Because the way that you make, like, music today... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just try and try and try and try until you get it right and then you can edit it until you get it just right i mean you you don't yeah, have to have... learn anything yeah okay in its entirety anymore mm-hmm. you don't have to know you don't necessarily i would say have to know your <laughs> entire song even yeah yeah you can just do it in sections and then forget about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that happens to me all the time. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. look back at and a song and be like, how did I play that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've been there a lot as well. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I I wrote this song, but I I can't play it. If you ask me to play it, I'm sorry, I need to <laughs> I need to go back and rehearse this. Because yeah, give I don't me a couple have hours. It in me. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. interesting. Uh, and, yeah, with the live sort of versions of everything you are forced to perfect everything yeah. i guess and yeah I think that's really interesting with hours and hours and hours of time practice. into yeah exactly mm-hmm. and there was someone that talked about that uh you know the way we um consume music or anything today is like we we listen to spotify or or whatever we hit play and we get this perfect, perfectly balanced uh, version of something. Yeah. And that's not how, that's not what music is. Yeah. yeah. Music is not perfect. Uh, music is something on its way to perfection. Uh, I mean, because that polished end product is not really 
it's not honest. Yeah. And that's why the live scene is so much more magical, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and so important. Because, yeah. yeah, it's because it's honest and it's not perfect. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the soul of music or theater or any kind of artistic expression, I think. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. 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 Clip that. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> sure. it, like, it really makes sense. Like, I feel that when, I, like, obviously it's just online and some of it can still be edited, but we watch a lot of live videos. We have been lately because of COVID mm. with no concerts and stuff. And it makes you feel so much like there's some, there's something there that yeah, you're just like wow yeah. I feel this so much more than when I listen to it just on Spotify or like the final version of it. Even though the yeah. thought that just came into my head, even those technically are edited. It's like a, it's like an in between of That's actual said, yeah. live, yeah, which is a really interesting thought mm-hmm. that I just hadn't had before. I guess yeah. all these artists that we're watching live videos of, um, I mean even yours, right? Like yeah. you could take six. You could take 60 takes if you want. If you want, yeah. Sometimes you see the cuts in the live videos and mm-hmm. you can tell, but some of mm. them it's just, it's live and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more nerve. Yeah. yeah. And, and like presence. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I've never gotten into, sort of getting into music late. I've only I've only ever played anything live once. I played a talent show when I was 13, but other than that... <laughs> um, and so I, d- I don't have it like, oh, it makes me so nervous, anything live. Um, mm. But I guess that's the point of it, right? Is, you know, get kind of expose you. And, yeah, expose. <laughs> expose your talent. And <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, a, it's another interesting conversation, I think. Uh, the way that we, uh, you know, listen to music and stuff um, has, I think, caused me to have the mindset of when I'm done a project, I just put it to the side now and like I'm over it already. Is that the same as you for the most part? Like when you're done an EP or an album, you're not sort of, you're just over it. You're on to the next thing already or? Yeah, it depends. I mean, when working on like uh, musical orders, that's the way I I do it. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, but I mean, like Solskjur or these kind of like big projects, they keep, I keep them with me, you know. Um, but I also, I really enjoy more and more that kind of approach. Just, you know, the craftsmanship mm-hmm. of making music, like going to work. I really enjoy working mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be this emotional uh, roller coaster every day. You can yeah. go to the studio and you can put in the hours there, and you can do your work as a, a, a producer, and yeah. then you can go home and then not think about it yeah. and do other stuff and hang out with your friends, yeah. not have your head constantly in the music. That's because it's draining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, just like a carpenter goes to work or uh, whatever, he goes to work, does his work as a craftsman. And then that's that's that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same thing with acting, I think. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. The older you get and the more experienced you get, the more you realize that you, it's not sustainable if you're doing theater uh, to go on stage night after night after night and expose yourself and force yourself into the honest emotion um, it's not sustainable I mean mm-hmm. if you're doing a movie you can do that I think because you it's so much closer you need to be in that like more subtle kind of expression mm-hmm. you need to be honest but if you're, I've been doing theater and I've been doing it that way night after night and I mean <laughs> at a certain age that's okay I guess yeah but I mean you start to realize that it's, it's really not sustainable wow. that's the same thing with making music I think you need also to be able to trust uh, your craft absolutely and trust your experience and not have to cry your way through every production <laughs> every day <laughs> because that's the only way to make good and honest music it's not yeah i agree with that 100 and i love mm. that i think sometimes it is but yeah 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 <laughs> i think having your studio outside of home probably helps with yeah. that too being able to separate you know work life work life, life with home life like yeah. for me my studio has always been in my, in the house yeah um mm. And I've always dabbled with the idea of getting a studio outside of the house, but I've just never, it's never happened. It's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. That's yeah. Um, and I'm, but I'm very jealous of, of people like you who do have that. But I also, I think a lot of the time I would just never end up going to the studio. Yeah. Honestly. Mm. <laughs> I think that's one of mm. the other issues for me. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. But, but that's, I think that it has, it has helped me a lot yeah. to separate work from, from private life. Yeah, that's good. And uh, during the, yeah, during the time where I, when I was on my low point mentally, I didn't have a studio to to go to. I was sitting at home. I was not good. Oh, yeah, wow. it was not good. I was sleeping through the days, oh. trying to, you know, g- get up and then sit down at the piano trying to do something, which it yeah. didn't work out. And then I, I got a studio. And I wasn't there for three months. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> That's what would happen with me, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm very happy to have a a job to go yeah. to. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love the idea of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, to slowly wrap it up, I just want to get into as well... Um, what are some of your other pastimes, other than music and acting... Um, do you do anything else that inspires you, you know, generally, musically and through acting or anything? Um, I mean, I uh, do... I've always been into sports. I've always... Uh, I've, I've been uh, playing soccer and uh, actually football, American football as well. Oh. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, all kinds of, like, team sports. And right now I don't engage in any team sport, but I do uh, run a lot. Uh, and that that's the best way I think to just clear your head absolutely exercise in general uh, yeah. exercise in general yeah mm-hmm. and I have a dog uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> takes up a lot of time yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> True. and I love to uh, just get out into nature 
Mm-hmm. By myself or with my dog, Bose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your dog's name, Bose? Bose, yeah. Bose. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. It's like a it's like an old man's name here in Sweden. Bose. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just got a dog semi recently. Uh, about mm. a year ago. About a year, yeah. Um, but he's 11 years old. He's 11 years old, yeah. So he's oh, an okay. old guy. But uh, he's what, also what very small. He's a Morky. Like okay. a Maltese-Yorkshire mix. So he's he's very tiny. He's like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of dog is uh, is yours? Uh, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Rhodesian So he's... Uh, it's uh, an African lion dog. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, so cool. he's kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Very here right cool. now. He's been sleeping through this Aww. entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so is he, except for when he was sneezing storm up yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But get, getting out into uh, into nature is uh, the best way, I think, to to collect your thoughts. Yeah, And to get agree. perspective. Yeah. yeah. So reconnecting going yeah. in nature, yeah. like, and I feel like so many artists say it too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. It's just magic, <laughs> magic yeah, in the forests. Th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I also think that it's it's. Uh, so I, I think it's so nice to, to like, um, be in nature because it is, not trying. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, it just is. Because when hanging out with human beings, it's a lot of, well, acting and uh, yeah. it's a lot of uh, posing and uh, stuff like that. Social, like, games. Yeah. yeah but absolutely. when getting into nature, it's just totally honest. Yeah. Well, just try and like your only it's, obligation is just to be there. Whereas when you're yeah. with people, it's like you have these obligations to be social and yeah, have these yeah. norms and stuff. But in nature, it's yeah. just, you just have to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't expect anything from you. Doesn't expect exactly. From you. Yeah, that's amazing. I've yeah. never. Yeah, well, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's an inspiring thought. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, have we gone through everything? Have we missed anything? I think anything so, yeah. important? No, I think we got through everything. Yeah. Hmm? How about on your end? Do we hit everything? <laughs> Is there anything you wanted I to add? Think so, no, I think I will probably listen to this and come up with ten more subjects. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> we'll probably have you on again. I would Don't love worry. to have you on again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something that we want to start doing soon. Is just reinviting people yes. on so that we can elaborate on what we've spoken about and even just yeah. concrete into our heads. You know who you are and who we yeah. are and stuff you know yeah um, but with that being said thank you so like seriously thank you so much for coming on to this yeah um, it was amazing thank you. yeah i was so excited from the minute you said that you'd be down for it like because <laughs> i just wasn't expecting it um mm. for whatever reason um but yeah thank you seriously thank you very much for having me and thank you listeners and, and go listeners. support yep go listen to patrick's music yeah you know put them on your playlists listen to them all the time <laughs> uh, is your stuff on bandcamp uh some of it okay and listeners go buy his on stuff bandcamp. on bandcamp because yeah. it helps a lot as well um mm. gets you onto his mailing list and and everything i love it bandcamp's the best <laughs> um and yeah hope everybody enjoyed this and 
we will talk to you later.